This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Hi, this is Michelle Nagel. Welcome to another episode of Roar to Win. Today, I'm really excited that I have as my guest, Sean Stewart, who is a poet, songwriter, rapper, and high-ticket sales coach for creative entrepreneurs. Sean infuses his training, marketing, and events with edutainment experiences that cause a massive impact on his clients' businesses and personal growth. Originally trained by Tony Robbins and featured as an expert on NBC News, Fox, and in the New York Times, Sean's core focus is helping his clients tap into their highest form of self-expression and actualize the one-of-a-kind vision they were uh, born for. (laughs) So welcome, Sean. That's pretty cool. So how does one merge being a poet, a songwriter, and a rapper with high-ticket sales? I know it sounds like a crazy, a crazy thing to bring together. Um, but I think that's what I really stand for. Um, I stand for the idea that there is a merge between those things that we love or that, you know, our, our, our calling we're really, you know, inspired by, or we call it our passions and our businesses. I find that too many people are kind of compartmentalized and I was compartmentalized for a lot of times where I was kind of wearing the business suit, being the business uh, coach guy. And over here, I'm, you know, into hip hop, into, you know, making, you know, writing rhymes and performing my, my, my songs and stuff on stages. And they, you know, they didn't live in the same space. And I was unhappy. And it was the day when I made the declaration that, like, I can't live this way anymore and that they need to be the same that I, it was like this mind blowing, like, oh, I get it. Not only is that um, what I'm really meant to do, but it's what I'm really here to stand for in other people. But to answer your question straightforward, how they actually blend, um, they blend because, you know, if you think about it, uh, coaching has a lot of entertainment naturally in it, possibly, if you are really tapping into it. If you're performing on stage, if you're speaking, if you're doing webinars, you, when you're with a client, I mean, in essence, it's, it's kind of like it's about the client, but there's an opportunity to perform for that client. Um, there's all kinds of spaces where you get to show up and share your gifts. And so for me, um, a, a sales conversation or even a coaching session or even this moment is a lot of, in a lot of ways like a freestyle rapping session for me because there's a way in which I just trust myself and I allow for what is trying to be said to emerge without getting my brain in the way. And it's amazing how the right things show up when you trust from that space. So that's one way. And, and just lastly, you know, I, I perform at events and I, I have my own event, Rock Your Gift. And, you know, at that space, we, we literally blend them. We're, we're teaching and, you know, we're performing and I, I'm performing. Other people are performing live band. So we create an experience, which I think is what's missing in the coaching industry of a real entertaining experience because mm-hmm. it's like we're coming to learn, but sometimes it's like, ah, another thing to learn. If we get that experience of, of state change, of dancing, of, of, of getting ourselves out of our comfort zone and experiencing the joy of entertainment, I think there's a lot more growth and education that we can consume. So that's kind of some of the examples. Yeah, that's really great. It actually ends up being embodied learning. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. I like that. Well, it's, uh, you know, that's when we talk about, you know, things that have happened to somebody when they've had a trauma happen in their life as well. And we try to get rid of all of these traumas. You can't do it just sitting in a chair talking about it. You have to actually engage the body because the trauma happens to all of you, not just to your brain. It doesn't just like, oh my goodness, my heart is broken. Your heart is broken. You can feel it. So the same thing with with the way that you are doing your embodied education. It sounds like it's a blast for one thing, mm-hmm. but it also, uh, it's it's really solidly based in, based in science, whether you knew it or not. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of knew it, but uh, I had never really understood how I could do it until uh-huh. I just started trusting myself and going for it. So that's awesome. Yeah, wonderful. Sounds like it would be a really fun and entertaining, or as you call it, edutainment. So that'd be really great. So yeah. um, so how did you get to where you are today? Um, well, 
I went through a path of, of trying to make it as a musician and artist for many years. And I did actually accomplish that. You know, I was able to create income through songwriting, create income through uh, music and albums that I had made. And that was, that was good, but it wasn't quite the impact that I was really here to make. And I knew that. Not only was it not the success level that I had wanted out of making it in music, but it also felt like I wasn't able to truly create the transformations in people that I was called to. And even though I had all my lyrics in my songs were always, they were always inspiring, uplifting, trying to help people get to the next level. Ever since I wrote my first poem, it was always about that because I've always been into spirituality and um, personal growth from, from a young age. It wasn't really making the impact I wanted it to make because even if a song was great, I couldn't really be sure that I was changing a life. And so at a certain point, I was ready to really go for what I was uh, here for. And I quit my job at the time. I was, I was trying to make it in music, but I was working as a bartender. And so I was, I was struggling and I was suffering from a feeling like I was out of sync with what I was really here to do. And I was, you know, the big uh, avid reader of Wayne Dyer, and I was always picturing him in Maui and running uh, every day and just making this difference in the world. And I was like, I want to do that. And I left LA and I moved to Hawaii and I kind of cleaned slate and I decided it was time for me to uh, learn how to change lives. And I originally was going to go into therapy and, uh, and kind of shifted course to focus on coaching when I realized that I was more interested in the idea of helping people achieve goals. Um, and I studied under Tony Robbins and I started to revolutionize the way that I operated, started to live more in accordance with kind of the, the principles and universal laws that I had studied. I was no longer studying it and doing something different. I was actually in concert with that. And once I started doing that and I was building my coaching business, I kind of stepped into a different version of myself. The version of me I'd always wanted to be somebody who um, was authentically uh, able to help others and, and living the things that I taught. And it was that foundation of, of authenticity and alignment that is where my business kind of was built from. And from there, kind of, I definitely had challenges in early phases of getting my business off the ground. I was always somewhat good at attracting clients, but I didn't own my value very much. And so over time, I got to uh, really learn how to own my value and go from kind of the starving artist to, you know, multi six figure entrepreneur. And that transformation is something that I carry with me as uh, something I want to support others with. If anybody has had a low money mindset or belief that they can't be successful or thinking that, you know, they'll never make, be able to make a lot of money. Um, I believed all of that stuff. And um, I'm really a stand for people to know that they can break through that and they can create the success and the dreams that they aspire towards. That's a little bit of my background. Oh, that's awesome. So what do you think is the number one reason that you've been able to build a thriving business when the statistics show that, most new businesses fail. Um, I think that um, the, uh, the, the biggest thing to me is really uh, the idea of being able to create something out of nothing. And I think that's what always attracted me to entrepreneurship. Originally, when I was thinking about who would be my target market as a coach, I wanted to work with artists and creatives because that's what my background was. But I also felt like entrepreneurship was something that I wanted to grow into and I felt an affinity towards because similarly, like an artist and entrepreneur creates something from nothing. And I didn't really know what that meant at that time. I mean, I had an idea, but now, you know, almost nine years into this business, it really is clear to me that there's a certain strength or ability I have in taking kind of risks outside my comfort zone to create something uh, that there was no, there was no like way it was not visible. It was nowhere in sight prior to that. And, you know, I think of that in this realm of resourcefulness, in this realm of being able to um, find resources that you didn't know you had. And I think that where that led me to was a place of really redefining my identity away from kind of the employee th mindset and into more of the entrepreneur mindset where instead of, you know, you punching a clock or getting paid based on the amount of hours that you put in, 
Rather, you're getting paid based on the kind of risk that you're willing to take is really what way I look at it. The more you're willing to risk, the more you're willing to go outside your comfort zone and say, I don't know how I'm going to do this, whatever it may be. I don't know how I'm going to afford this coach. I don't know how I'm going to do this live event. I don't know how I'm going to get the money in the door for my bills or rent, but I'm going to figure it out that that a way will present itself that I am resourceful enough to figure it out. And then time and time again, figuring it out. To me, that's the differentiator. I see too many people who's, who don't succeed in business. They're not aware of it, but they're, they're like me. They're trained from the employee mindset. And so they, they, they take their business from that same perspective and they say, I put in this work. I didn't get this result. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. I'm not seeing a result. I can't live with this uncertainty of not knowing when my, if my bills are going to get paid or if I'm going to be able to survive. I know it's super scary. It's not fun to have that uncertainty. But the thing is, is that that's what entrepreneurship is. And the more that you lean into that, the more that you realize that that's what it is, you realize when you see high level entrepreneurs out there, they're taking bigger risks than anybody. L levels of risks that you wouldn't, I mean, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars for an event or even over a million dollars for an event or a launch or whatever they're doing, that's a potential loss, but they end up gaining way more generally not always but generally when they know what they're doing because they understand that it's a game of risk and uh, it's not always about taking crazy risk it's about taking you know somewhat of a calculated and intelligent risks you don't want to put yourself in a crazy jeopardy all the time but there is some level of jumping off a cliff allowing the wings to appear and knowing that you can do this and I think that that's something that I have painstakingly learned it hasn't been easy but I've learned and I think that's a massive differentiator so were you an overnight success no 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 definitely <laughs> not um, how do you know when not to quit I think that the answer is never I mean there's a point at which you might say I'm gonna pivot I don't think there's ever really a quit I mean I think everything is a pivot like even if you go from this particular career into a separate career, it's not quitting, it's a pivot. Because everything that I learned as, an, as a musician has played into entrepreneurship. Everything I learned as a bartender plays into entrepreneurship. Everything I've learned in my life plays into where I'm at right now. And if I decided that I was gonna pivot to let's say real estate, all the things I've learned in coaching and bartending and music will all come with me. And so to me, it's not about quitting. It's really about what is it that I'm most aligned with at this point in my life and what's the right thing for me. And sometimes it is time to pivot, but I think more often than not, it's time to uh, see something through. And I think it's important to trust yourself to know when that line is. And I think if we feel a lot of discomfort or like we're not getting results, I don't think that that's typically a reason to pivot. I think that means that there's something that you need to step deeper into. And so for a lot of cases, I recommend that the answer is to stay in the pocket and to move through versus pivot or change direction in, in, in the overall that that tends to be my advice. Hmm. It's great advice. So um, I had a brilliant question to ask that just disappeared. So <laughs> oh, no. wait till it comes back again. So, um, Oh, I, so when you talk about resourcefulness, why is that important to you? I think that it's, um, you know, it, it, it's really the awareness that there are opportunities around us that we aren't tapping into that we have available to us. And I think that it's similar to, it's like when you get a car, you see that car everywhere. And you're like, why do I suddenly see, you know, a Kia everywhere? Like, I never noticed them. Well, to me, that's just the proof that whatever we have in our awareness, we, we don't really attract more. We are, our filters are open more to that particular thing. And I think that it just goes to show how closed we may be to so many things that are around us. I think that's a really important to understand how closed we are. It's not our fault. We're actually built to close information off. Otherwise, we would have too much going on and we would, we would lose our mind. So we're built to filter. But the thing is, is that when we're looking at accomplishing objectives in our life, 
whether it's getting clients or making money and creating something that's next for us, it's important to realize that there's a lot more answers to that problem around us that are like right under our fingertip that then we might be taking advantage of. And so to me, resourcefulness is important because it constantly, you know, keeps you open to ideas that you, you have or opportunities you have or people. It's like every problem that we have, someone around us has solved. Every resource that we need, someone around us has. It's amazing to me when you think about it. It's like we live in these kind of these boxes and this, it's easy to like live inside of a box mentally and kind of be closed off to the fact that literally in the box next door, you might not know your neighbor, but the box next door could have this person who is got the resources or got the answers or has something that could help you. But we don't go and knock on that door and connect a lot of times. We stay in our little box. And I just think that's a good example of how it's like, it's not that the options aren't around you or available. It's that you don't look for them and you don't take action to find them. And the more that I sit down with a piece of paper and I ask myself questions like, you know, what are the ways to do this? Like, what other ways? Like, what are some of the other options? What else could you, even if you don't take action on 90% of those things, but you just open your mind up to what is available, it blows your mind because you're like, oh, 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 I could do that. And then you can siphon through that and say, which of these actions am I going to take? Which of these steps am I going to take action on? So to me, resourcefulness, I think, is critical for an entrepreneur and it's critical in general for a successful life. Otherwise, I think you're constantly feeling like you're limited. And I mean, limitation, scarcity, it's a common experience for many people. So I think resourcefulness is a huge breakthrough for that. Absolutely. Um, I remembered what I was going to say. Oh, good. (laughs) It was that you had mentioned um, how... Uh, you feel that resourcefulness fits into all of the things that you have done throughout your career. You've done your, um, everything that you've done as a musician plays into the business that you're doing now and everything you did as a bartender plays into your business that you're doing now. So every experience that we have in our lives, would you say is part of our resource bucket that we can go back to? Um. I think so. It's, I have to get my head around it. I think the only thing that comes up for me is, is, you know, memory challenges with everything. You know, it's like if I can literally retrieve that bucket, it's, it's useful. Like one of the things that's challenging is like I write down a lot of thoughts all the time, ideas, aspirational things, right? Things I'm trying to remember. And I put them in places to try to remember, and I still can't find them. Like, I, I don't know where. I swear I created a file with this freaking thing's name on it, and I still can't find it. So it sounds good, and I think it's true, but I think it's, it's also a, a memory challenge in there. So sometimes, like, you know, we just can utilize what we have in front of us, which is a pen and paper, to simply look and ask ourselves, like, based on our past, based on what we have around us, based on everything in our environment, you know, what can we access in this moment? Because out of sight, out of mind is kind of the problem there, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Okay, we're going to take a small break and then we'll be right back uh, with Sean Stewart and we'll see you in a minute. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Welcome back. This is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win. And today we are interviewing Sean Stewart, who's a poet, songwriter, rapper, and high ticket sales coach for creative entrepreneurs. And he's been giving us some really, really wonderful points, insights, and tips on resourcefulness, which is the last letter of Roar, which the Roar stands for Resilience, Optimism, Accountability, and Resourcefulness, which all tie into each other, all meshed in with each other. It's hard to have one without the other. But it's really important because sometimes we think, you know, do you think that we get to the point where we can't see all of the resources out there that there are out there for us? And what causes that blindness? I guess 
again, I think it's, I think it's just the simple thing of not looking. It's the simple sort of default experience we have as humans of uh, taking what is currently right in front of us and sort of thinking that that's all there is. Um, it's just simply not uh, asking ourselves what else there is and broadening our horizons and looking at it. I mean, just the simple thing of like a, a task that I remember going through a Tony Robbins pro program and it was about money. It was simply about like for the next, I don't know if it was every day for the next certain amount of days, I want you to write down five or 10 different ways that you could make money just as a practice of a possibility and opening yourself up. And I just, I love that because it was just the practice of asking myself that question that I went, Oh, well, I'm not necessarily sure if I want to do this, but technically I could do this. Like I could sell this, like I could go do this. It was like people sit around going, I can't figure out how to make money. It's like, uh, I wouldn't say figure out it's maybe the best word because you didn't even put anything down to figure out. Like you're saying I can't figure it out from like this place of like not even trying. It's like, that's not figuring it out. That's just sitting there with like these limited sort of possibilities, one or two things and saying, I can't figure it out from these one. What if you sat down and said, what are 10? What are 20? What are 30? And then look at those and say, out of those, which are my top five? I mean, like, it's always going to be much better when we go outside of what's immediately in front of us and start to ask some better questions, I think. So when in making that list, would you just write things down at random or would they just, would you have them concentrate specifically on the things that they're interested in? Um, are you talking about with making money or with any list? For me, yeah, for your example of making money. Uh, it, it should be things that they're interested in, but it could also include things that maybe they're not interested in too as a process of, of sort of the, the exploration. Of, of kind of leaving no stone unturned and 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 just to, and also because when we let out of our mind the things that we may not be fully aligned with but that just are sitting there it's kind of like it removes bandwidth space for other things that are in there to start to come out right so it's like the brainstorm process to me it's like I would rather get all that down on paper and know that I'm not going to do it than like have it stay in my mind as like a possible thing that I think I don't like so to me I say get it out <laughs> so that it's out and then you can sort of i'm always like because i'm doing this process daily not with the with the coming up with things around making money but more with uh what i'm going to be doing like my actions i'm going to take for my business what the question for me is always what's the most high leverage activity that i can take so in order to determine now high leverage is different depending on the situation it's different if i'm at the coffee shop than it is if i'm at home or you know, different situations provide different reasons for something to be considered high leverage. Uh, so uh, I'm always putting down a list of all these things and siphoning through them. And it's such a relief to get it all out and then be able to say that's no longer something I'm holding in my head. So to me, that's, that's how I would try it if I was listening to this. So it's kind of like mental house cleaning. It is. It really is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because you're, you're right. Your brain can only hold so many things in there at a time. And that's why we start to get overwhelmed and we start to forget things because the more you cram into your brain, the more it falls out the back of your head. And you just exactly you lose it. So you just don't know where it is. So, um, so what's the number one thing that you have seen that has truly helped your clients get results? So... The number one thing that I have seen that has helped my clients get results, I would say it's the inner game work. It's, uh, it's the work of retraining their habits uh, to um, be more optimistic about the opportunities that they have. Uh, it's interesting that it ties into what we've been talking about. I didn't intend for it to be that, but it's truly the thing. Like I, I think that it's so easy to get caught up in struggle thinking. And if we can have a practice on a daily basis that gets our mind focused on possibility thinking and gets us into that mode of gratitude and focusing on the good things that are coming, it gets us into a cycle where more of that becomes our norm. And um, to me, that's the bedrock of success is having that mindset piece in place. So 
there's a lot of strategies that my mind was going to like, Oh, well, it could be this. Could it be like helping them, you know, charge higher ticket? Like I've had clients who, you know, went from charging $1,500 for their offer to 6,000 or 6,500 or more, but just as an example of a pretty massive leap from one phone conversation with me. Um, and that's pretty big. I mean, they, they turned a $1,500 client into a $6,500 client um, in, in literally like just a shift of thinking. But, and that's a huge, that, that's a huge thing that I help a lot of my clients with. But I really do believe that it's the central thing of a daily practice of consistently being in a place of being aligned with your higher self tapping into that best self and act and acting from that best self, it produces an identity that you show up in the world from that can create the dreams that you want. And I think that our, it's our identity, how we see ourselves and then how we project that out into the world. That is literally the thing that makes or breaks the results that we get. So a big part of the work and the answer that, to that question, in my opinion, is, is definitely going to be your state of mind your, 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 your practice in terms of getting yourself to be at your best. So what kind of daily practice do you use personally to get yourself in that zone? Uh, for me, uh, what I like to do is a, a few different things. I think exercise is a critical piece. Uh, definitely like to uh, write out my intentions for this day and some of the wild possibilities that can emerge. And so I have like a seven question thing that I fill out on a daily basis that kind of gets me aligned with, with gratitude and all the goodness that's coming. Um, I also meditate uh, and kind of get myself centered. Um, sometimes it's about uh, reciting affirmations, new paradigms as I like to call them, or beliefs that I'm consistently revising a list of new and relevant beliefs for me to own. So I'm reciting those on a consistent basis. And then another thing I think for me is just constantly, you know, filling my mind up with great spiritual transformational stuff. I listen to Abraham Hicks YouTube constantly. I'm always listening to her uh, shares on on you know the way that that she communicates on the law of attraction. And then sometimes I'll tap into, you know, Bob Proctor or other people that I feel like are really uh, on point with uh, spirituality or I'll pick up a book. It's that kind of thing. Um, I also have a practice that I help my clients with. It's called the success ritual. And this is about asking yourself, you know, what does it feel like or what are you, what's the physiology? What's the mindset? And, and what are the belief structures that allow you to be at, a level 10 or above in terms of presence and vibrancy in your body and in your essence. And uh, I practiced this and have practiced this since the beginning of my career. So nine years of like consistently doing this before, you know, a big day of calls or before a speaking gig or before important moments, that's allowed me to be ready on a dime. And it's got me to this place where, you know, I can, I have shortcuts that allow me to get into that great space and I use them. And so, uh, it's, it's like, I love that morning practice, but I also like having a quick way to boost myself up. And so I've got both of those tools. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. So I know that you are known for something that's called transformation-based sales. Yes. So most people look at sales and like want to run screaming for the hills. It's not really, for some reason, especially if it's a heart-based entrepreneur and they want to do, you know, whatever it is that they do to help change the world and everything you put sales on the end of that and the majority of them just want to scream and run away so what yeah. is a transformation based sale thank you well for me i was the same way i i, I hated sales i was uh i had a negative identity uh vision of this kind of used car salesman and i <laughs> uh, never wanted to be that guy and i was actually as i started my coaching business being that guy on some of the calls unknowingly because it was the only model that I had. Mm -hmm. So I know exactly what it's like to dislike sales, to have negative beliefs about it. And I'm amazed that I'm not that person anymore. But the truth is, is that what I learned is that sales is it, it, it basically what I found. I was learning from a lot of sales mentors and studying their scripts and it wasn't really working for me. And simultaneously, I was studying a transformational coaching process that I was really unnatural with, mm -hmm. uncovering core patterns in individuals, being able to uh, help them replace those disempowering patterns with empowering ones. And, 
and, and step into that best self that I was just talking about. And I realized on one of the sales conversations I had that there was an overlap between those two processes that like in both the sales conversation and in the transformational coaching process, you're uncovering somebody's challenges, you're uncovering their desires, you're finding out what's, you know, what's in the way and what it is that, you know, they're really wanting to create in their life basically is, is the same thing. And so I, I blended those two together kind of unintentionally on this one sales call. And it made me realize like, that's what I was doing. I was bringing in this transformation work. I was instead of what most people do in sales, where they look at it like, okay, what's the problem that this person has? Okay, well, you know, let me give you a solution to that problem. A lot of times that is thinking externally. Problem that somebody might have is they hate their job or they don't have enough time or whatever it is. These are things outside of the person. And therefore, there are things that they don't really have control over so that the salesperson becomes kind of selling this external solution to this perceived external problem. And so it's like, it's like that's not, that's not really what stops people. When I learned through the training that I've been through that what stops people is, I think 93% of what stops people is internal, is their beliefs, is their, you know, is their thinking about it. And let's say 7% is maybe some external obstacle. I realized that my sales conversations, they needed to focus on what the internal problem was because that's where the real lever point for transformation is. So transformational sales is where you have a conversation with an individual about what are the things about them that are getting in the way from the goals that they want. And when you start having that conversation, you realize that every individual has some kind of pattern or patterns, really, habits, ways of thinking that have them in conflict with the things they say they want consciously. And so the transformation-based com sales conversation is where you are uncovering that unconscious pattern in an individual. And then you are helping them get committed to breaking through that pattern. And, and therefore, it's much deeper and it's much more authentic about what's stopping this person. And so the conversation becomes much more alive and much more connected so that you have people saying to you, I've never had a conversation like this in my life. And therefore they see you as a trusted advisor and somebody that they want on their team to help them going forward. There's just a deep level of connection and trust that emerges within a short period of time. So there's a lot more that I could say about it, but that's basically transformation based sales in a nutshell. It's true transformation. Uh, and not just lip service around it in a sales conversation. So how would you tell the difference between saying that you want something and truly being committed to it? I think the difference is going to be in the tone of voice. It's going to be very obvious in the way that it's said. There's a mismatch that will happen if what they say doesn't match up with how they said it, first of all. Mm -hmm. We're just talking about tonality. Obviously, there's body language that would also tell you if there was a conflict. Um, but the thing that I do in my sales conversations is I ask people to literally tell me on a scale of zero to 10, how committed are they to breaking through this? Not how committed are they to getting my solution or buying from me, which is not, is not authentic. Well, how committed are they to breaking through the thing that uh, they are doing to themselves? Mm -hmm. And uh, on a scale of zero to 10. And so when I get a lower number than a 10, I'm going to grill them on it. I'm going to try to understand what that means because it's a metaphor. I'll say things like, so you're an eight. So that means 20, you know, let's say you're 80% of you wants this to break through this and 20% of you wants to stay stuck. What, why does 20% of you want to stay stuck? What is it that that 20% is wanting to stay stuck with? And they go, well, maybe it's just that I've tried other things and nothing's worked before and I just don't believe it's going to work. And I'll be like, okay, so basically you're saying that the past equals the future because that's just a story and you're telling me that that's true now. They're like, well, it's been true in, the, in, in every other circumstance. I'm just like, why is now the same as every other circumstance? Well, I guess it doesn't have to be. Well, what if today and this moment is a choice to rewrite everything that's come before and make a new declaration? What if it doesn't matter what's happened before? What if you could make a new choice now? Well, if I can make a new choice now, then I wouldn't have that. Where would you be now? I would be at a 10 or whatever, right? So I'll walk them through the mental block they have about being not committed and I'll get them to commit to themselves because it's such an easy conversation to have 
when they're not committing to working with you, when you're just holding space for somebody to simply believe in themselves at a higher level and you can basically handle their objections <laughs> from being there, being able to commit to themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's fun. It's freeing. It's like, I have no vested interest in particularly like, I don't need anything from you in order for you to be a 10. Therefore, I'm going to say the truth. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to own that. I care too much about you to let you not commit to breaking through to the next level. So as you can see, a real free based conversation where you can say the truth, you can get somebody to commit to a level 10 because it's not, it's not all about your offer, your widget, what you're selling. And so when you get to that point where somebody goes, you know what? You're right. I'm a 10. Just think about that and then how much closer they are in that moment to actually hiring you than they were at an eight, even though you're not talking about hiring you, you're talking about them, but they just said they're a 10 to breaking through it and you're the person on the phone that's going to help them do just that. It's almost like you've just moved the needle towards sales Mm -hmm. Uh, way closer just simply by caring more about this person. I really like how you say, how you turn it from, you know, on a scale of, a scale of one to 10, many times we just say it without thinking of it as being a percentage. I like the twist that you put on that. As you know, there's 80% of you that really, really wants that. What is the 20% that, what's it getting? You know, what's the value that that 20% gets that is going to keep you stuck where you are? Exactly. And, And that's really an important thing for us to look at because a lot of times people say, oh, I want that so bad. But they don't really want it because there are some rewards to staying stuck. There are rewards of not having to take the risks and there are rewards of not having to show up and not having to do what you say you're going to do. It's, it's, you know, so that, that kind of rolls into the accountability piece, which also, um, like I said, you know, all of the, the resilience, optimism, accountability, resourcefulness, you have to have all four of them and they all are so wrapped up in each other. So when somebody says that they would like to have something and they've given you that they want to have a 10, at what point does their resourcefulness kick in at that? Um, resourcefulness uh, in what direction? Like to join my program or to get resourceful to, to own that they're a 10? I just want to know what you mean by that. Well, I was kind of hoping that you would kind of lead us in the direction that you think that how, how it shows up for the person. So if you've well, had mean, that conversation with them and they say, I am a 10, right. then okay. how does resourcefulness play into that? Um, because when you are a 10, you have access to higher faculties and it means that your resourcefulness meter is way higher. Okay. And in essence, what happens is, is that a 10 means that you're you're in a higher vibration and it may not be your, whatever your best self is like as if there's an end point or something, but it's a much higher vibration than you maybe operate on, on a regular basis. And from that place, you have access to higher, uh, you know, better answers to the questions that you're asking and more resources. You can see more because what happens is, is that when we're in our smaller self and we're at a level five or six or seven, we only see like the, the, the things that are right in front of us. We see the, the fact that we've got these bills to pay. We see that you know, we've got you know, these debts that we already owe, whatever it is. These things that block us because they make us feel bad and they make us worried and fearful about survival and all those kind of base needs. So when we are at a level 10, we rise above that. It's the same kind of thing if somebody said, he said, oh my God, I just had to pay $30,000 in taxes. Like, oh my God, right? And then that same token, they go, wow, I must have made a lot of money to, 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 to uh, have to pay 30000 Like that shift from like, oh my God, I got to, to like, oh, wow, I made a lot of money this year. <laughs> that's that flip of like going from unresourceful to resourceful. It's like, that's a resourceful state where you're like, I'm made a lot of money. Like that's why I'm paying more taxes. Like, I'm so it's that it's that shift of like, I'm in a good place, not a bad place. It's a shift of like, yeah, I've got debts and I've got some bills to pay. But you know what, like, I am going to create an incredible business that's going to eclipse all of that is that shift. And I think that becomes available to us from a higher state. And what I believe in as a salesperson is, is that it's critical for us as enrollment as enrollers in our programs or sales in whatever we do, that we do our best to maintain a high level of resourcefulness or a high level of state 
throughout the conversation because when that person dips, they go from a 10 there to 10. And then as we bring up money and working with us, they go to a six and a seven, they fall into like lower versions of themselves. When we stay high in vibration, we like, we kind of, we, we can't, we, we pop them back up. Oh, I get that you're afraid of this. I get that you've got these bills. I get this is coming up. But what you don't see is who you're going to be in the next six months. And think about how much more valuable it is for you to become that person that you're here to be in six months than it is for you to make sure you pay these bills. Like which, like, or on, or not saying you're not going to pay your bills, but you know, like that idea that you're not going to pay your bills, like which one of those is more aligned with who you are. And I think that's where, um, resourcefulness comes in both as a salesperson, but then from their side is, is that they get a reflection of resourcefulness. You know, you're right. I can do this. I can find a way I, it is possible for me. And I think that that's, that's where it comes together. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Um, so I know that you have your program, Rock Your Gift. Uh, what does that mean? So Rock Your Gift is actually my live event, my three-day live event that's happening again in April of 2019. And Rock Your Gift is a edutainment experience. It's a business growth seminar that's entire intention is to help business owners to create a, a high, highly successful business based around their gifts. The idea is, is that we live in a time where there's a lot of copycatting. There's a lot of people who follow the leader and it's great. Modeling your mentors is important and it's something that I recommend. And modeling is a quick path to skipping all the steps and getting the short path there. So I don't want anyone to think that I don't value modeling because I use it and I teach my clients to use it. But there's a point at which modeling has to be replaced with innovating, where you have to say, okay, I've learned all this, now I'm going to do what I'm really here to do. I'm gonna take what I've learned, I'm gonna create something new. And I've found that a lot of people get scared in that space. It's so much easier to know that you're following a model that somebody else teaches. But when it comes to building your own thing, that's where it gets scary. And to me, I, I propose that that is where business will take off. That is where you will shine is when you stop doing what other people said and you start doing what you're really here for. And so Rock Your Gift stands for helping you build a successful and aligned business where you can do what you are here to do and you can shine in your own unique way that nobody can touch. And when you do that, you're going to be in a category of your own and you're going to be a leader in your space and you're going to create a, a following of raving fan clients. So Rock Your Gift is really an, an experience and an opportunity to build your business and to create game-changing ideas of merging together businesses and passions or businesses and creativity and stepping into being a, a leader where there's nobody close to what you're doing and you can really dominate and make the impact that you're here to make. So that's what Rock Your Gift is. Oh, sounds awesome. So what is the biggest mistake that you've seen people make that stop them from getting the results that they want and need? Um, the biggest mistake that people make is two things I'm going to say they're, they're connected. Um, it's letting the past control the future. So it's basically saying like, I haven't gotten this result in the past. Therefore I doubt that I will in the future. Mm -hmm. And then, then the, the connected piece is actually following through with the, with your intentions in spite of the discomfort that comes up in doing so. I think it's, it's, it's really uncomfortable to follow through on certain things. And that discomfort for an untrained person is the same thing as basically giving up, quitting, not willing to, going the other direction, doing what's more fun. And I think that's where people fall off is that if you look at the people who are really successful, you find people who have stayed the path. They have moved through that and they've elevated to new levels. There's so many times where I wanted to give up and I didn't. And I stayed on even at times where money was tight, where I had to go get a side job to keep my business alive, all kinds of challenges that have emerged over the years as an entrepreneur. But I can honestly say that one of the greatest things that I've done is stayed the course because I've grown and I've emerged as a better leader and a bigger person and better results have emerged and I just have moved beyond it. So number one, don't let the past control the future. If you're stuck somewhere and you feel like 
you don't know if this is possible because you don't see anybody around you creating success and you think it's just a lie that other people are trying to put out there or you just feel like you don't trust yourself that you can complete it. Let all of that go and put your faith in belief again and possibility. And then secondarily, it's when you, when, from that place of belief and possibility, when you go take action to create your dreams, it's critical that you realize that discomfort is a natural sign that you're on course, not off. That pressure isn't a bad thing. It just shows you that you're up against your threshold of discomfort and your comfort zone. And that those are the moments where it's time for you to stay the course. And even if your body can't take it or everything around you is screaming, stop, there's, there's an important thing to do where you, you, you break through that, that terror barrier, that discomfort zone, and you find yourself on the other side because the simple thing of being able to say, I remember, like, I was like, I can't even imagine creating a single slide. I remember, when I, I remember saying to myself, when I started this whole idea of creating a presentation for something, mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't even create a couple bullets on a slide. Like I don't have the patience to sit down and do that. I was so like wanting to do whatever I wanted to do and go with the flow as an artist. I was like, I don't have the patience to create that. Like who I am today, having created over 40 different presentations, webinars, uh, speak to sell talks, you know, et cetera. I'm an entirely different person and I'm grateful because of the success that I've created, but because of the, the, the follow through to, to build something and not just be somebody that talks about it, but somebody that actually does that is it's worth it to break through that. So that's, that's my, my pep talk as we can. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. So tell us a, um, an example of one of your clients where resourcefulness has made the difference to their success. Okay. Um, so let's see. Okay. I have a crazy story. I have a client who came to me and she was interested in, in getting her business to six figures. She was really stalled out. She'd had a lot of success in realms. She was even on TV at one point. I don't know if it was Oprah, but it was a big TV show. She had a lot of visibility and, uh, she came to me at a point where she was just completely like, stuck and just there was no path forward and we had this vision that she was going to generate over a hundred thousand uh and she would attract ideal clients and we put together this plan of her to do a live event it wasn't going to be a huge event it was going to be a small uh intimate event and only wanted uh less than 20 people there uh so she got the amount of people she wanted which was about 15 people and she made her offer, which was a high ticket offer, and she was able to generate 107000 mm -hmm. from that event from seven people of those 15 that moved forward with that offer. To me, uh, she went through an incredible transformation of belief in herself in order to do that. She didn't have a list. She didn't have that community. She was in a place because she had her husband had passed uh, and, and a few years or a year before we started working together, she, she still was in a lot of grief, a lot of mindset issues. So to get her into that place of resourcefulness where she could create that event, where she could follow through on it and where she could get the amount of people she wanted and make the sales she wanted and achieve the goal, the financial goal that we had set at the, at the outset of our work. Uh, I think that's an incredible uh, example of, of creating something from nothing and being resourceful. Oh, I like that very much. Thank you very much. So, Sean, tell me, what are you working on now? And how can our listeners connect with you if they're interested in learning more about what it is that you do? Yeah, awesome. Well, I've, I'm, what I'm working on right now is my live event, so Rock Your Gift. And uh, I would love anybody who's watching this, if you're interested in, in uh, coming to Rock Your Gift, um, what I would recommend is to set up a conversation with me and we can talk and, uh, just chat a little bit. You don't have to feel like uncomfortable. This is going to be an opportunity for me to get to know you. And, uh, I put together a simple way that you can do that. Um, and that is just to go to tinyurl.com forward slash session with Sean S E A N is how you spell my name. Uh, tinyurl.com forward, forward slash session with Sean. And I'm kind of bonus you. All you have to do to get a free ticket, which is a $500 uh, ticket to this event, is sign up for one of these sessions. That's a bonus for having the conversation with me. So you'll get a free ticket to the live event, 
But what I'd love to do in that conversation is better understand where you're at with your business and get a sense of what are the biggest needle movers for you that are going to make a massive difference in the shortest period of time. I like to look at what I call the lever point. And that's like, there's something that if we shift, everything shifts. Uh, and so I'd be looking at that uh, with anybody that I would be talking to. So just go to tinyurl.com forward slash session with Sean. And I have one other way that if, if you guys are, if you're a coach, if you are um, a consultant or a service provider and it's you're up against designing your packages, your offers, that's one of the main things I do with my clients is help them design irresistible offers uh, that they can offer specifically in a one-on-one -on -one fashion. Uh, put together a blueprint that is called the Diamond Package Designer. And this is a five-step shortcut to creating your high-ticket offers. And high ticket may be that you're going from 1,000 to 2,000 or maybe you're going from 500 to 1,000 or you could be going from 2,500 all the way up to 30,000 or 100,000. It doesn't matter. It's whatever level is the next leap of owning your value and charging more. And it walks you through the five steps of owning your value. So there's a mindset piece and then there's the actual steps of creating the offer and designing your pricing and everything for that. So if you're interested in that and if that's more kind of up your alley than having a conversation with me, um, there's another link that I would give you and that is again tiny URL but this time it's forward slash design your diamond so design your diamond so just tinyurl.com forward slash design your diamond you can get that blueprint or you can uh, get a session with me at uh, forward slash session with Sean so those are a couple ways that we can connect that's awesome, Sean. Thank you so much. I really have enjoyed visiting with you today. You've given us some really important tips on resourcefulness, and um, I'm excited to implement some of those myself. It's just, um, I think that's one of the greatest benefits that I get from talking to all of these experts is that it's like you just pour out all your heart, and I'm busy scribbling notes down because it's mm -hmm. good stuff for me, too. So awesome. thank you so much for joining us. And uh, again, to remind people, if they want to have a conversation with you, would you please give us that URL again? Yes. So it's tiny, T-I-N-Y-U-R-L, pretty simple, dot com forward slash session with Sean. Okay. That's so great. So if you want to talk to Sean, who is a, a poet, songwriter, rapper, and high ticket transformation creator of helping people get to their um, where they want to be in their business because I mean let's face it you know your time is valuable you spend a lot of time um, pouring out your heart and soul to people and it's really frustrating when you don't get the um, the reward and the income that you deserve for your gift so thank you so much Sean and we will uh, hopefully be able to connect with you again another time and I thank you very much for listening. This is Michelle Nagel at Roar to Win. Thank you for joining us today as we learned happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. Roar to Win. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network.